You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, there's absolutely nobody. I'd rather have on the podcast right now than Billy Wagner. A return to baseball isn't boring. Um, but Billy, let's let me just say this, Billy. If I had a hundred votes, if I could vote for you a hundred times for the Hall of Fame, I would vote for you a hundred and one. That's that. Like I am. I, I wish. I wish you all the best when we're going to get to this with the Hall of Fame stuff. And I know a lot of people are talking about it with you, and I appreciate you talking with us about it. But I, I just, I just admire your career so much, and I know we've talked about it in the past. and And I hope that I hope that this time of year is a, is a chance for you to sort of soak it in. You know, I know you're a humble guy, but also soak it in a little bit. Well, I think what's neat is. Uh, I think what is uh, very humbling for me is that uh, all the, when you read the, the great articles and, uh, and and listen to guys like yourself, you know, <laughs> tell me that I had a good career. I, I think that's very humbling. I, I you know, uh, th- this is a I, I don't want to say stressful, but it, you know, it's uh, and, you know, you're highly ex- you're excited. I mean, uh, you're anticipating this. Uh, this moment, and I, I think each year it's just been that buildup of, uh, you know, how close uh, I, I have gotten to that ultimate baseball achievement. And, uh, you know, this this year by all means is going to be, you know, a nail-biter. But, you know, I mean, I've heard a million, million different stories, you know, you know you're going to fall short. You're going to be right on it. You're going to be just 
a vote or two above it. You know, it's just, you know, really, I don't care how you do it, how we do it. I, you know, I'm, you know, I would, I'm excited. Uh, you know, but I tell you, I, I've said it before. I'm not very good with disappointment. So, you know, when people ask me what I was going to be doing on <laughs> on Tuesday, I said I'm going to be diving into high school baseball because I just, you know, that that's a tough moment. I'm highly excited. I, you know, I told him I said I'm going to be so emotional on that day because, you know, it's just something from from where I've come from and 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 stuff. Uh, you know, it just it's you know one of those moments in in, your, in a player's life that is like the you're at the top or, or, you know, you're, you know, you're just going to fall short and, and it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to, to look through. Well, let me ask you, Billy, does this, does this today feel any different than a year ago for you? Does it, does it feel different? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Last year I knew for sure I wasn't, I didn't have, I wasn't going to be voted in. I, I mean, I, I truly felt like that was, you know, I really didn't know that I was going to get that big a jump either. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I got a pretty substantial jump to get me uh, close to 70 last year. Uh, you know, this year is that point. You're, you know, the hardest thing is knowing that you're you're 27 votes away. Mm. I mean, if everybody votes the same as they had, and I lost three and I've gained more, you know, now you just don't know where people, you know, where that, that lies. I, I, and so, you know... Um, Am I going to be, am I, am I going to flip 27 people or, or, or am I going to, is more people going to want to, you know, buy in on the Wagner uh, career? But, uh, uh, you know, this, this is different because I, I don't know. I, I you know, uh, I, I get excited thinking that's really possible. And then I get like, you know, very like, Hey, you know, let's, let's just stay, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> even keel here because, you know, you don't want to get your hopes up. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're waiting for the phone call that doesn't come, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of those things that I really don't know how to handle. I don't know how to handle, um, what I should do. I mean, you know, it's not like anybody else that can sit and go, you know, you know, to the guys that will get in. I mean, I think it'll be very clear that they're getting in. And so, you know, they'll be able to set, you know, friends and family and people around them and go, Hey, listen, let's come over to the house. I'm going to get this phone call. You know, we can, we can show this big celebration. You know, I can't do that. I can't sit there and go, Hey, listen, let's, let's put this big thing together and everybody come over and then, Oh, anybody calling me? You know, that's a, it's a, it, you know, it's a little different for me. But you know, I, I mean, it's to me, it's it's sort of just a, the, just it's just about how my life has really win. I've had a really good life, but there's been a whole lot of hurry up and waits, mm. and um, you know, so um, in, in a lot of ways, it just is kind of the the epitome of what I have went through uh, growing up and into this part of my life. So, I mean, uh, you know, you know, if it wasn't worth the wait, it wouldn't be worth doing. I, I was going to ask you that. I mean, like, this is such a unique situation. And like you said, you, 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 in a lot of ways, it's, it's hard to predict how you should forget about predicting what happens, predicting how you should approach it. And have you had anything in this in your career in your life where you've had sort of had to had to juggle your emotions like this? No, um, because you can't juggle your emotions because uh, you have um, you have um, there's nothing been like this. I mean, 
you know, when uh, I was getting drafted, I knew I was getting drafted. When I was getting drafted, I didn't know. Mm. But, you know, that emotions weren't a big thing. Uh, I mean, that was excitement because you knew it was going to happen. You know, when you, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I know. I, I mean, there's nothing that prepares you for something like this because you truly have not, you have, uh, there's nothing you can do that controls your future. Mm. I mean, you're honestly, you know, your future for the Hall of Fame is based on people you don't know that may not have even seen you, may not even, I mean, may really have no idea who you are, mm. you know, and, and so you're really being valued by people that, you know, for may watch basketball more than they watch baseball. Mm. They may, you know, they, they, they it's not a, influence and i mean so you know it's very difficult because you can't control anything and so you're you're you know like everybody tells me hey you know the one thing you can't do is say anything stupid <laughs> i mean don't say something stupid don't do something stupid don't you know don't hurt somebody's feelings don't do this don't you know don't make anybody sensitive you know just really and so i mean you know uh the thing that i, I have done is you know uh, because of everybody knowing that I'm on the ballot, it's allowed me to, to kind of be out. And uh, I, I do a lot of uh, public speaking now to uh, baseball events and, and, and talk to young groups and, and young kids about baseball. So it has helped me to to, to create more, uh, you know, uh, baseball uh, awareness. But um, you know, for myself, there's no I have no idea mm. how to to do, handle any of this. A cool thing is is listen. I mean, it's it's a long wait. You know, it's eight times on the ballot already. But a cool thing is that people have come to appreciate your excellence and what you've done over the years. When when you're playing, it's sort of a whirlwind, right? But but now people dig in. You look at that first ballot and and how low you were. And, and I, th- I think that that's, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Billy. I think that's just sort of, um, to be perfectly honest with you, I think it's voters not doing due diligence. I think if you go back eight years to the due diligence that voters did compared to now, I don't think it's comparable. I think there's more information. I think people try to find more information. And when they went to look for that information, all of a sudden it was, boom, there's Billy Wagner. You should be a Hall of Famer. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think when I came on, I mean, you know, I came on a very crowded ballot, too. You know, you're coming on, and, uh, you know, I'm very lucky that I I've, I was able to stay on this long. And, and it was, you know, when you had Barry and Roger and uh, um, guys like that uh, on that ballot, you, you know, there was, a, there it, it was, it was a very dominated uh, ballot of, uh, really, all, you know, in my opinion, guys that should be in the Hall of Fame, uh and stuff, but I mean, you know, you had to wait your turn to get till they came off, and then you really just worked your way to to really to this point to where you might. And you know, you know, unfortunately, you know, this was something I was told when I my first year. I remember Jesus Ortiz saying, "Hey, listen, you, you know, we want to make sure you get to your fifth year. In the fifth year, then things should start to to start trending the way you wanted to, because you know, hey, you know." Nine years ago, I'm you know you're getting ten percent, and you're like, and then the next year it's like 
12 and then it's back to 11 and then it's you know you're teetering and you're like wow there's no real traction and then there's that one big jump you know you jump to 50 and then all of a sudden it's 68 and then then it, it just it's you know you don't really understand the price and i and, you know to this day i don't understand the, <laughs> the, the, the process because you know my numbers didn't change i mean when you, you lose votes them are always the confusing ones because you're like did my numbers change did i get worse but you know what you don't realize is that that guy all of a sudden you know and i, I really you know and i like the guys who who can justify what they what they do i think that is i mean i i have no problem with that i mean you know i think ken uh dear davidoff said it the best i mean i, I really liked when he was on charlie rose and he said that you know i'm not in his top 10 but i should be in the hall of fame mm. and so i mean i was like I, I don't get it but i mean i can understand that mm. you know when you look on that ballot and you see all those names and you you have 10 people to you know I, i'm not sitting here saying somebody's wrong or somebody's right i you know i played against those guys i you know to be honest with you i think what would be awesome is to have more player involvement that they played against you have more hall of famers that played against you have influence but you know there's nothing like hearing you know from your peers that uh, you're a good player mm. i mean it, it, it will always go further than the guy who doesn't know you and hasn't seen you and um but um you know, at at this point, though, you know, I, I'm as probably, uh, uh, you know, confused about the process as I was when, <laughs> when it first started. I guess. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a lot. To, there's a lot of pick to pick through, and a lot of reasoning. And I, I'm with you, Billy. I just the the ones that take you off the ballot or take after voting for you. I think that that's that's just not doing due diligence. That's showing that you didn't you didn't do your work whatever year you voted and and that's just wrong so anyway that's my own opinion but a part of it is is there's a perception too that the voters are getting younger they're prioritizing a little bit different things um but you know and i do think that what's interesting is you you were so dominant and the way that you were dominant would be would play to today's game, I think, more than ever. I mean, that's that's what I mean. I think the velocity, the stuff, the approach, you know, the the flexibility, all of it. I, I, how do how do you feel about that? Excuse me. Um, you know, I, well, I I don't know. I, I think the numbers say that by far and away that um, I could have played in, in this air. Uh, I think they're graded different in this era. You know, uh, I, I think something, you know, the compliments that I've had in the past, you know, I, I you know, I think uh, Bruce Suter said something to me one time, uh, the first time I met him. And I mean, I'd seen him play when I was growing up uh, on TV. And, you know, you really can't really tell how great somebody is on, from TV. Mm. But, you know, being from Southwest Virginia and watching TBS and watching Bruce Suter with the Cardinals and all these things, you know, knowing how awesome he he was because he loved baseball. <clears throat> he said something to me one time. He it was probably the greatest credit because you could have played in my era. Mm. You could have played when I played. You know, you you play like we did. Mm. That is the biggest credit. And I mean, I think a credit to be said, hey, you could play in this next era is, is a credit. So, you know, the thing that I could play, yeah, I, I think I could. I think the difference in today and, and you know, when, and in the past is that, you know, there is a the different definition of what what we call fun and, and what, how we 
create, uh, you know, you know, I don't think I could keep throwing balls down the middle like they have to do now and get away with it, but because <clears throat> the strike zone is very difficult, you know. But uh, I, I do think that, um, you know, the, I think I could definitely compete, but, I, you know, I don't want to discredit these guys because they are such great athletes that play today, and, mm. you know, it's very difficult. But, um, you know, I, I think if what, what my concern is, it's not just myself. I definitely want to get in the Hall of Fame, but I think about uh, Frankie Rodriguez. Mm. I think about uh, Kimbrough, and I think about uh, Kenny Jansen. Mm. I, I mean, these are great closers. These are really great players. And to just to, to how do you justify anybody in, in that regards if if you if you're not putting certain people in um, I mean you know I mean there's a real there's a real thought process for me because dominance is very it is in a different way like Trevor Trevor to me dominated a game in a completely different way than me or Mariano did mm -hmm. and, and and his dominance was not, you can't you can't put your dominance on a save. Save is not the the end thing because you can't control that. That's not that's an uncontrollable thing. But I think dominance when you look at it and you go, what's the batting average against? What's the strikeouts? What well, I mean when you're when you're putting guys out there in 16 years and your league the league is honestly hitting uh, under 190. I mean, I, what what part of dominance are you want? I mean, when when uh, Hater gets to the point where he's going to have a, a chance, or or uh, Rawlers Chapman gets to the point, I mean, their numbers, their 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 numbers are phenomenal. But where where do we draw the line to say somebody is dominant or not dominant? Because error to error is so different, and each person's dominance is different. Like you know, I mean. You know, I think like you think about how Andy Andy Pettit and Jamie Moyer and Pedro uh, Martinez, mm -hmm. those three guys, you know, dominated the game and won close to 250 or more games in different ways. And out of that, there's only one person in there that's a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I think there's, you know, the due diligence to understand what dominance is, is really the key. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Is I think, and I do think that that's why we can't be obsessed over saves, especially going forward, because you know, th these guys, it's it's wherever you're called on, get guys out and get them out in a dominant fashion. That's certainly what you did. You had mentioned your peers, um, the importance of of their perspective of of you. I'm anxious to get your perspective of them of some of these top guys, of the guys who are on the ballot. You know, you have the Helton, you have the Beltre, you have Sheffield, you have a bunch of these guys. And and we're, we're in the business, and, and I voted for all these guys, and so I, I can give my take. But I don't know what it's like, Billy, to stand on a mound to face them. I just I want to get your perspective of, of some of these guys about what, it's, what you felt when you were facing a lot of them uh, when you were playing. Well, I, I tell you, I, you know, you know, Gary Sheffield was one of the best in the game. I, I mean, we can all talk about links to something or links to this or links to that, but I'm going to tell you, when his numbers are put up, and you, you really dive in, and I have because I love baseball. I love looking at it. I love to see these numbers. You don't realize how unbelievable the numbers are that Sheffield throws out there. I, I mean, sitting close to 300, he's got – 
close to 1,600 uh, RBIs. I mean, he ranks in the top 20 in about every category. Over 500 home runs. I mean, <clears throat> you know, stolen bases. I mean, you don't realize he wasn't the greatest uh, defensive player, but mm-hmm. Lord gosh, I mean, if we go back and look into the Hall of Fame about who was just all defense and who was all offense, I mean, there's, there's quite an argument to sit there and talk about Gary and as being very adequate in that. He was a very good athlete because he was able to go from the infield to the outfield. I mean, he, I just think that when I faced Gary, <clears throat> you couldn't mess up. You <laughs> knew that you better, you better make a good pitch because you can't create longevity in those numbers at the same time. You don't get that. You don't get that. You have to be that good. And he was. And I mean, and for Todd, I mean Todd. Todd I'm, no, I'm biased. I mean, I'm very biased about <laughs> Todd. I, I love Todd Hilton. I mean, I mean he. He's first of all, he's a left-handed quarterback, in which <laughs> that automatically makes you a, a Hall of Famer in my book. But I mean, I, I just you know I liked how he went about his business. He was a very accountable. Very. I mean, I enjoyed competing against him. He had a home run off of me in in Colorado, and you know what? <clears throat> That thing's going out if it's in New York or if it's in um, wherever. I, I mean, these guys were very good. I, I mean, the way he competed day in and day out. I mean, I remember having a conversation in April uh, about how he was struggling hitting, and, and, and by the end of the year, he's hitting 340. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, this guy knew how to do it. I mean, career is career. My game, when I faced him, when I played on the East Coast, was no different than when I went out to Colorado, Colorado and faced him. Yeah, I mean it really wasn't. I mean I didn't. It wasn't like oh my gosh, you, you stopped throwing breaking balls and you stopped throwing. The, no, I didn't hold that. My, my curveball and slider were just as good in Colorado as it ever was anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think that that guy was he was good everywhere, and, and so and that's unfortunate. And then I mean you know uh, Adrian, I mean and, and that dude. I mean, he was he was just a great player. And I think what really, I mean, for me, the more I was being able to watch him whole, the, his whole career is like when I faced him when he was young, he was very emotional. And I mean, you know, and I could pitch on his emotions and get him out, whereas, you know, he figured that out. And I mean, that's a guy that went on to have a tremendous, I mean, he was a first round Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, hands down, he was a great teammate, a great person to be around, a great uh uh, team leader, you know, showed up every day, played hard. I mean, what's not to like about that guy? Yeah. I mean, I think you can say it about Utley, you can say it about Rawlings, you can say that about uh, anybody that's on that list. I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to point to anybody on there and say they're not winners when you're on that list. Who, who's the guy, oh, first of all, Beltre, I'm with you on Beltre. And Beltre, you know, I only covered him one year, but one of the toughest guys I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know how a guy can rip up his hamstring and play the next day. You know, it's 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 it's, it's bizarre. But one of the toughest guys. And so, um, I, who is uh, we, we we you throw out some names. Uh, who are who is somebody maybe that you think that we're sleeping on? Uh, for instance, I'll give you an example. Mark Burley. You look at Mark Burley's numbers. Um, I mean, Mark Burley had a long career. And every year his ERA is under four, like all the way to the very end, and and so you know whether it's him or whether it's anybody else on the ballot, like who is who do you feel like is is where maybe underrating as a player? 
Andy Pettit. Yeah, yeah. Andy Pettit. I mean, I know he's on the all-star team every year, but I'm going to tell you, that guy was tremendous. And, and I mean, that he... I mean, it takes special people to be able to go out there and, and win as many games as him and like a Jamie Moyer and, and guys did. And I mean, and they dominated. And dominating is, you know, in a complete, you know, like anything else. We don't really have, um, you know, we can't control our um, wins and losses as pitchers. You can control what you do as far as helping to get get the wins and losses and you, you might be the beneficiary of the wins and losses and saves and things like that. But I, but the guy goes out and throws that many innings and he pitches in the biggest games. And, uh, and I just think that they don't get, they don't always get their just due. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I really feel that, um, um, a guy, oh, well, him, I tell you, Carlos Beltran, I just pulled up the ballot. Mm -hmm. uh, Carlos Beltran, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that guy, hands down. And, I mean, you know, I know we're talking about character and we're talking about all these things that we want to, you know, talk about. But, I'm gonna, I mean, when you go, I mean, he's a winner. I played with that guy. That guy, he he worked hard. He mm -hmm. came to the park and he he, 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 he was just a, a winner. Uh, you know, um, Andrew Jones. If you take Andrew Jones out of the lineup or out of the field for uh, the Atlanta Braves, they they don't make that run. Mm -hmm. They do not make that run. I mean, Gladden, Maddox, they don't, and, and small teams, they don't get 300 wins. Mm -hmm. they, they don't get close to 300 wins. I mm -hmm. mean, they got, and, and you know what? Unfortunately, we were, because being with the Astros, he was a sole uh, reason we lost most most of those games because he took hits away and 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 he he got the big hits. I mean, they were just tremendous, uh, you know. And I think, you know, and now going back to these these things too. I think if you have admitted, and I know people have this variation of PEDs, mm -hmm. but if you admitted, if you went on the ballot and you you said, hey, you know, and you've been you've served a suspension and you've done things. You know, I you know I, I think that is the the ultimate. Like, hey, you probably shouldn't get to be on the Hall of Fame because you admitted to it. Mm -hmm. You literally admitted that you. Now, you know, I, for me, Manny Ramirez was probably one of the greatest hitters I've ever faced in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, hands down. And I don't think I don't think PDs had anything to do with him. I, I don't care what he's doing. He ain't <laughs> he ain't all there half the time. And then when that dude rolled out there, he could play. So. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think that's, you know, but I mean, and, you know, me and Alex Rodriguez got drafted in the same year, and by far and away, he was one of the greatest athletes and players to play. But when you admit and you put yourself in the line of fire and you say, I cheated and I did this, those are things that, you know, are, are character, and you shouldn't be rewarded for that. If you're speculated, like somebody says Clemens and Bonds and guys like that did it, but they had no proof and they haven't admitted. And there's not, then, then I think there's, then, then you, then that's, you're on the ballot, but you know, whether you make it or not, this, you know, suspect. But I, you know, I hate it for guys who really did it well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like a David Wright, who, mm -hmm. who, if he doesn't get hurt, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Moises Alou doesn't get hurt, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I think a guy like Jimmy Rollins is a Hall of Famer. I think, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of guys on here that did it the right way. And, um, you know, 
but uh, you know, mm. Bartolo Colon. I mean, that guy just keeps throwing. I mean, <laughs> if he pitched, you know what? If he pitched back in the, uh, you know, Shoeless Joe Jackson and stuff like that, that guy would have been a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, speaking of Shoeless, Shoeless Joe agrees with you, as we know from <laughs> uh, as we yeah. as we know from the ballot reveal last year, Billy. <laughs> so uh, uh, one of my favorite by far. Ballot reveals ever. <laughs> we, ever. Yeah. The best. DB, DB, we want to give a huge shout out to DB Sweetie. He was so, mm-hmm. Billy, we, he was so excited uh, to do it because, you know, obviously he's, he reprised his role as Shoeless Joe Jackson from Eight Man Out. And that whole, everything he said in that ballot reveal, he wrote. He wrote the whole script. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, the last thing is, Billy, like, you coach high school baseball. This is a baseball question. Yes, and, you know, I would imagine this is one of the things that, that makes you sort of a, that I, I coach high school basketball and I say it distracts me from my job and my job distracts me from it. So it's great. Um, <laughs> so, but looking at the kids and having a feel for where their kids are at, where it comes to their baseball fandom. What what strikes you about that something like, oh, really? I didn't realize that that was so important to them or that this is how things have changed. I'll, I'll give you a quick, for instance, I, I didn't realize how much the color of cleats meant to a lot of young players. And, and then, then baseball, MLB finally understood that and they allowed you to wear more than a couple colors on their cleats. For you being around these kids, what's the thing that's changing for them? Sunglasses. Glove colors, uh, you know, uh, uh, wrist tape, um, eye black. Um, I mean, they, you know, these are things, you know, that when we were growing up, if you put wrist tape on it, meant your wrist was hurting. And so guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a good combination of hard fastballs in and breaking balls that you had to reach for. Yeah. Um, and so, so that, that's changed, uh, you know, the first time I, I mean, guys putting eye black on, I mean, that was something you did to, to block the sun. <laughs> now you've got, ta- it's a tattoo. It's a, you know, <laughs> got crosses and you've got designs. And I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a who's who, what, what we're going to do. And then, but I, I mean, now, you know, and all these things that we did when we were growing up, you know, you know, you, we you didn't want to cause attention. I, I mean, when you look at guys like um, Pete Rose, I mm. mean, or, or you looked at uh, the older uh, the players that did the most were the players that didn't cause them the most attention. And I mean, when you think of the best of the best, I mean, you look at Ted Williams. Ted Williams didn't have any of that that stuff on. He walked out there with no batting gloves. I, I mean, and, and I'm not saying that that's not you know, you don't need that stuff. And, 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 you know, but I just, when you were good, people knew that you were good. When you, when you, you, we threw into somebody, if we knocked somebody down, Roger Clemens used to knock Bagwell down every spring training. And it had nothing to do, nothing to do with likes and didn't like, it was called respect. Uh. You only, you only knew how to do those things. Now you, everything's hostile a little bit. Always throwing at me. No, no. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's you didn't. I mean, there's a there's a there's a level of feel that we've lost, and feel is a big word in our game now because um, because the analytics is we've created analytics to stop feeling what we need, and so now we can see it. 
now we talk about spin rate and exit velo. And so when I tell a kid, when we're talking about about that, the guy, the kid will ask me something about, you know, the spin rate. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you, you know, and, and it's, I, it's an understanding that the, the terminology has changed. The thing is, I've had to learn how to really focus more on their terminology more than my terminology. Mm. And when you're growing the game, you can't grow and go, oh, it's only going to be my way or the highway. Because, but you've had to you've had to tell them that you know these numbers are for the coach, mm. not for you. They're for me to help you, not for me you to tell me how good you are. Because I mean, there, there's you know you can hit a ball 115 miles an hour, but if you can't make enough contact, you're not going to play. Right. If you can't if you can't do certain things and be productive, you can't play. And it don't matter if you're. You know, one out of twenty balls you hit 115 miles an hour. You're not going to, you're not going to play. There's a production and consistency, and so that's changed. But I mean, that's the thing. It is. I mean, there's a lot of, lot more cosmetics mm. to the game than it used to be, and you know, and, and I like it. You know, and there's another word that likes to get thrown out a lot that, you know. I guess I call myself an old timer, but it's fun. Mm. You know, I, I like to have fun. Mm. But fun was called winning. When you win, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I, that was fun. When you, you know, when you punch out the side, now that's fun. But if you punch out the side and you lose, it's really not fun. I mean, yeah. because the whole point of keeping score is to win, and so if winning's not the priority then what's fun about it? And I mean, I, I enjoy it. I mean, you know, I remember having a conversation with uh, Barry one time, Barry Bonds, and, and he, you know, uh, and he was asking me, uh, and we, he was talking to me about uh, some things, and he asked me about um, hitting a home, him hitting a home run off of me. Mm. And I said, well, you know, I mean, you've hit home runs off of a lot of be- better pitchers than myself. And, and I said, but, you know, let's think about it. If you hit a home run in a, in a, Two run lead and it's a solo, and you twirl and you throw the bat and you make a big deal out of a solo home run, but you lose the game. What was the what's the fun of that? Mm. Mm. I mean, but if you hit a two run jack off me and you you take the lead and you win and you bat, let, let me tell you something. You can enjoy whatever you want. That is your preference. But I mean, I think there's an idea of fun that is lost. And I mean, to hit a home run. Uh, in today's game, 950 feet, uh, you know, and stand there in the first inning and look at it like you just accomplished the greatest feat ever. I, I mean, back in our day, you you wouldn't have got a second at that. <laughs> and, and it's not saying, and, and it's, you know, and I know hitters will tell him, my son tells me this, and he's a hitter, he goes, well, make a better pitch. And I tell him, the next one will be a better pitch. <laughs> the next one will be a much better pitch. And the difference will be is how will you get out to me? Will you hobble or will you be carried out to me? <laughs> I love it. Because that's, that's just how the game was played. You you just, I mean, a guy took a big swing, and then that was that strategy of the game. It, you know, it, after the game, it wasn't personal. I mean, it wasn't personal. I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't. It was just part of the game, and nobody took it that way. But I tell you, it's just... You know, I, w- I don't, you know, we were talking earlier about could I pitch in this era? Yeah. The only reason I think I would struggle in this era is because I like the pitching. Yeah. I like to, to double up and, you know, pitch might get away from me. And that gave me that uniqueness that, oh, my God, that guy, he could hit me. That's going to hurt. <laughs> and so, you know, 
where now now you've got that that box and i mean that umpire i mean i mean creating space inside to make give yourself a a, a little mistake room it, you can't do that very often now no i love it you get me fired up i'm ready to go <laughs> let's go hey billy the next time we talk it's going to be on a conference call celebrating your hall of fame induction so i i uh um, I, I I I really appreciate it. I feel honored that uh, you're taking this time, and um, and like I, I've said every time I talk to you, you know, I have great admiration for you, and covered you for not a long time up here in Boston. But I've obviously followed your career and and uh, followed even more now that I'm a Hall of Fame voter. So I appreciate everything that you do. Well, I appreciate the support, and it's always great talking to you. All right. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.